You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumpacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the Broadway Gives Back Podcast. I'm your host, Jan Svensson. This podcast spotlights Broadway actors, shows, and organizations in their pursuit of social impact and philanthropy. Join us as some of the brightest lights on Broadway share their stories about their favorite charities and how they got involved, and the people and the causes who benefited from these philanthropic efforts. On this episode of the Broadway Gives Back podcast, we're welcoming a true force at the intersection of publishing, Broadway, and philanthropy. As editor-in-chief of Town & Country Magazine and the editorial director of El Decor, as well as the author of two best-selling books, Staline Valandez is the epitome of style. But she is also at the heart of the annual Town & Country Philanthropy Summit and the magazine's summer issue, which is devoted to philanthropy. I've gotten to know Staline because she is a huge Broadway fan and incorporates Broadway into the content of Town & Country whenever possible, especially when it comes to philanthropy and featuring and honoring stage luminaries such as Lin-Manuel Miranda, Bradley Cooper, Glenn Close, Sarah Jones, Judith Light, Mandy Patinkin, Leslie Odom Jr., Sutton Foster, Kate Blanchett, and I could go on and on. We've worked together on many town and country philanthropy summits, and I'm thrilled to have her here today. Staline, welcome to the Broadway Gives Back podcast. Uh, thank you, Jan. It's so great to be here and, and to hear your voice and to, to talk about a community that, that means so much to me. Well, let's talk about that community because I know we sit and talk about Broadway all the time when we're together and you are, you know, a true Broadway fan in every sense of the word. Um, And I know that jewelry is also one of your passions, but Mm -hmm. let's talk about Broadway for today. Um, So start, like, let's roll this all the way back. What was your Uh first Broadway experience? Do you remember your first show or your first experience with theater? Um, so, So if we're going all the way back, to see where this love of, of theater began. Um, Go all the way back. (laughs) All the way back. All the way back. I had an uncle who was an actor in New York and he, he started taking me to shows really early. Um, So I saw, um, you know, I remember seeing things like Merlin, which I don't even know how long it lasted. Um, I saw The Wiz really early. I mean, I remember I saw Frankenstein. Like, I know it opened and closed the same night. I remember seeing that. 
<laughs> and um, I saw The King and I with Yul Brenner. Um, so he really, he took me to the theater and he took me often. And I think that is, that's something that I, I really believe in, in, in theater is and should be, and I hope we can, you know, continue to work together to find out how we can make this happen. It should be a part of a New York life. Um, you know, I, I think that we have incredible opportunities to go to the theater a few times a week, and it's it's not easy for everybody to do that. And I hope we can continue to think about how we can make that happen. But theater is a part of my regular life in New York City. Um, you know, if I, I, I look back sometimes now on like, you know, a year ago today and what I was doing. <laughs> right. And um, as a way to remember what normal life was like. And I realized that theater was a part of my life several times a week. And I, I happened to, you know, Facebook popped up a memory the other day and I had been walking on the West side. It must've been sort of, I don't know, shopping for something for Thanksgiving for my family or something. And I walked into Lincoln center and bought a ticket to see junk, like just spur of the moment. And, and those, those kinds of moments are what make New York and what make theaters so wonderful. You know, I remember sort of being at the TNC offices and if the day was particularly stressful, I would sort of think, okay, what can I go and see tonight? And, and theater would make that day better. And, you know, theater makes New York better. It makes us better. And, and the fact that it was a part of my life regularly from an early age, I think is what really um, sort of set the stage, so to speak, mm -hmm. um, for my my feelings about it, which um, I, I love it, but I, I love I, I love theater, but I love the theater community. And I think through town and country, I've been lucky enough to get to know um, a lot of people in the theater community. And it is as close a group as I could have dreamed of and as magical a group as I could have dreamed of. So um, so, you know, now theater is, I think, something even more to me than it was growing up. And, um, you know, I was your sort of stereotypical high school theater geek and, um, you know, was was in lots of shows. And wait, wait, I have to ask. So what was yeah. give us one memorable role that you were in? Um, well, I was Reno Sweeney and anything goes. That was my, <laughs> that was my, my big moment. And I had a wonderful theater teacher, Jennifer Jones, who's Jennifer Jones Cavanaugh now. She's a, a professor in, in Denver. And she, you know, she also, I mean, I had my uncle who exposed me to so many different kinds of theater and then Jennifer Jones, you know, we read Christopher Durang plays. And I remember going to see Agnes of God with her. And I saw Frankie and Johnny in the Claire in the Claire de Lune. I mean, she just, we went to go see, you know, drama and musicals and, you know, small things at Playwrights Horizons and big things on Broadway. And um, 
and again, that sense that that theater is is something that should be a regular part of a New Yorker's life, and and hopefully we can find ways to make that true. I wish I were my old job because you'd be like the perfect spokesperson for marketing <laughs> of Broadway. Um, no, but I, I agree with you. I think that, you know, and and probably everybody listening to this podcast, yes, you know, there's right. a reason we all love theater and we all yeah. love Broadway. Um, it's good and it's good for you. Um, so, uh, you know, let's talk a little bit about the intersection of mm. Broadway and philanthropy. You started talking about the community of mm. Broadway, which for sure is a community. And, you know, I've been in the entertainment field and, and been involved with other um, genres and the Broadway family, the Broadway community is so strong. Yeah. Um, maybe the only other community sort of like that would be country music. But mm-hmm. um, so let's talk about philanthropy and Broadway. And, sure. you know, from your perspective, as you sit there as editor in chief of town and country, but also as a, a theater fan, a Broadway fan, you know, what are your opinions about that intersection of, um, of Broadway folks and, and doing social good? Well, I think I like the term social good um, more than I like the word philanthropy, um, even though, you know, philanthropy is a, is a Greek word and its roots are just really the love of your fellow man. And I think... Wait, I just want to intersect here that yeah. Stellene is actually of Greek origin, so that yes. makes sense. Yes. That you okay. <laughs> and um, well, and I think let's let's sort of focus in on the word community because how I view philanthropy is very much tied to the way I grew up. And when I I grew up in a very, very tight Greek community in Brooklyn, and no one used the word philanthropy. We all just knew that we had an obligation to support the other members of the community in, in any way that we could. You know, and and yes, for some people in the community, it was about donating money. But for other people, it was about, you know, making food. And for some people, it was just about sort of showing up at a fundraiser and being there to to open, you know, the the building and and to close it and and whatever anybody could do to help other members of the community or to help the community itself, you did. And it was a sense of it's the right thing to do, but it's also just what you do as mm-hmm. a member of, of this community. And I think that when I think about philanthropy, I think of that writ large. You know, philanthropy is really just answering the question, what can I do? And, and sometimes I think when we hear the word philanthropy now, we think about big checks. And, right. and there's definitely the need for that and whoever can do that should do that. And, and, and they do. But uh, I think that we can all do something. And, and so when I think about, especially right now, and the theater and Broadway community, you know, in this pandemic, when it has, you know, it has just all stopped. <laughs> and, it, you know, the, the impact this pandemic has had on the lives of people in this community. Um, I'm not sure people quite grasp how dire the situation is and and will continue to be for a while. So my sense is that if you love going to a show or 
you know, you loved watching Hamilton, even on Disney, that that is proof that this art impacts you and it means something to you. So the idea really is just what can you do? And, and, you know, yes, give money where you can. Yes. Um, you know, seek out opportunities with something like the actors fund to see what, um, you know, what they need time-wise, but even, you know, even talking about shows you have loved on your social media account, you know, mm-hmm. if, if you can't give time, if you can't give money, then giving attention to this community and reminding people how powerful it is, for me, is also an act of giving. And, and I think it's important to let a lot of people know that there is something all of us can do. Um, and, and, and this community needs whatever we can do for it. Right. And this community supports each other in, the, in all those ways you just talked about in your upbringing. I feel like as you were saying that, I was thinking about just the Broadway community. And in many ways, I guess we're like the Greek community, you know, where yeah. we, we do. It's just part of what you do. You take right. care of each other, right? In good times, you go see each other's shows, mm-hmm. you, you know, buy, buy each other drinks at Joe Allen. But mm-hmm. sort of how do you translate that, it, you know, to translate an intense community like that virtually is very difficult. And so I think we all need to continue to think about ways that we can replicate that support and that camaraderie um, while we can't be together. I think that's very true. And I guess we should be thinking that about that for at least the next several months, if not yeah. another year. Yeah. Um, let's pivot a little bit and let's talk about town and country. Tell us, first of all, how did you... Um, how did you become the editor in chief of Town and Country? And a little bit about your background. And then, you know, you really—it's um, funny when I started talking to you, and I heard about Town and Country. I thought Town and Country, and it seems so old-fashioned to me. And then I realized that it's definitely not your mother's or your grandmother's Town mm-hmm. and Country. And you've really made such a huge impact on the brand and on the content of the magazine. Um, but tell us a little bit about how you got there and what your visions um, were and still are and continue to be for for the brand and also how you instill that philanthropic, I don't use that, want to use that word, but social responsibility mm-hmm. aspects into the brand. Sure. So I came to Town & Country in 2011 as an editor. Um, I was hired by Jay Fielden, um, who had himself just been hired. Um, and he had been hired really to modernize the magazine and to to sort of bring it into a, a new era. And I worked really closely with Jay. Um, and then he was um, uh, moved to Esquire and became the editor-in-chief of Esquire in 2016. And I got uh, promoted to editor-in-chief of Town & Country. So I've been with the magazine since 2011. And I feel deeply connected to the magazine. And um, it, it's for several reasons. First, because I think that, you know, you, you mentioned that there was this perception of town and country, and, and that perception was, was warranted, for sure. Um, but if you look back to TNC in the 60s, and um, if you look back to TNC 
you know, sort of it's, it's 175 years old next year. Mm-hmm. And what we're doing now, though people are sometimes, oh, wow, you've changed the magazine so much. We actually haven't. If you look back at what Town & Country was, let's say in the 60s, it was very much what Town & Country is now. The difference is that, you know, the, the characters have changed, the concerns have changed. Um, but I, I read this summer a line, and I, I think this is very true, is that the symbols of status may change, the obsession with it does not. Hmm. Um, and I think what we've done at TNC now is to recognize that that obsession with status sometimes leads to to good things and sometimes to not so good things. Mm-hmm. And so we cover a world um, and we recognize that there is sometimes absurdity in that world. And, and we're not afraid to point that out. And I think that that, you know, while at the same time recognizing that we are also a magazine that people come to because we, we believe in the power of beauty. And the, the difference is that we approach those beautiful things, whether it be jewelry or fashion or architecture or a new hotel um, or food, we approach it with intelligence, knowledge. Our editors are authorities in their field and sometimes with skepticism. And I think what the, the overarching reason that I believe so deeply in town and country is because of how much our readers trust us. We love it, but we're also always making sure that we're moving it and evolving it. And I think that that's really been the key to why it doesn't feel old fashioned is because our goal always is to make it feel timeless because that is very much town and country, but it needs to feel timely. And it needs to continue to evolve as our points of view evolve, as our knowledge evolves, and as our world evolves. Uh, well, that's great. Um, and, you know, I think that as part of the evolution um, and town and country, as you said, you've taken the heritage, you've kind of mm-hmm. modernized it and, and made it more for today. But part of the heritage of town and country has always been philanthropy. And yes. I'll use that word very purposely here. Yes. And I think what you've done is you've taken that philanthropic component that town and country has always had, and you've kind of morphed it a little bit more into social impact, social responsibility, so that it's more relevant to where we are today. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So I wondered if you could just talk a little bit about how you instill that 
social responsibility into the town and country brand. And talk a little bit about the philanthropy summits because they're just incredible. I you get the most amazing talent and um you know being in this business for a long time, I you know how much I love your town and country yes. philanthropy yeah. summits. I've been to all of them. Um, they're really truly spectacular, and um, they make you you learn a lot, and you also feel really good when you leave. Um, but talk about that 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 existence that that merging of the brand with philanthropy. Sure. So the the brand, as you said, has a long history with the idea of giving back. Um, you know, I mean. Of course, there is the the quote, um, to whom much is given, much is expected and required. And um, I think that town and country has always felt that. I think that Pamela Fiore, who was a longtime editor-in-chief of town and country, beloved, beloved um, editor-in-chief, and she really um, began to involve the magazine in much more um, sort of high-profile um, giving back efforts. And if, if you look at Pamela's um, town and country philanthropy and giving back and those who were giving back um, were, were, were very important. You know, they were on the cover. There was, you know, sections devoted to, you know, where to give back. So it, it's been a part of the magazine for a long time. I think that what happened when when Jay uh, became editor in chief? We started the summit, and I think that be, once we started the summit, the we we really began to uh, become acquainted with the world of of giving, and so that became such an important part of each issue. But the summit allowed us for one day, and and now really throughout the year, um, which is. The, the summit has really developed into a, a much bigger program. It allowed us to think back on each year and to consider what are the topics that need most attention and care this year. And I think what has made the summit so powerful is that it has and, and will continue to evolve. And I think that you know, who we have up on that stage, you know, when I think back to moments like, you know, having Ava DuVernay and the Exonerated Five open the summit to have, um, you know, to have Lynn and the whole Miranda family to have, you know, this year we had Robert F. Smith and Darren Walker and, and, you know, and Matthew McConaughey, um, Oh, and the Parkland kids. That was and yes, absolutely, absolutely. And Emma Gonzalez actually was at the virtual summit this year as well. So, mm -hmm. um, to have people who are, you know, going back to sort of what I said before, you know, Emma Gonzalez gave her her passion and her beliefs and her advocacy and her activism, and and that's philanthropy too. And I think that that what the summit allows us to do is to to certainly think about how how private funds impact um social good um and and certainly there you know we talk a lot about that because we want you know people who are at the summit and people reading the magazine who can give to understand how to give well um but we've also had the opportunity to present 
many different ways of giving back. And I think that that also is very much a part of the magazine. And so when we feature people in the magazine, it's, it's for our readers to understand where the needs are, um, and, but also to understand how they can give back, um, whether it's you know, with their money, with their time, or with their attention. And you know, we also feel responsible in, in giving attention to, to people that we feel need and deserve it. I love what you just said, how to give well. I've never yeah. heard that expression, but that's a great way of putting it. Um, let's talk about some of the Broadway folks that have been at the summits throughout the years. Um, you mentioned the Miranda family, and that was extremely moving. And they definitely represent like how to give well and helped people understand how they could also give well. Um, I was also thinking about Sutton Foster, um, talking about empowering young women. Yes. Um, and the arts and how important the arts were. Do you remember that one? Of course. I do. <laughs> I do. Yes, yeah. I do. And actually Sutton is in our December issue as well. Um, and, and that's, you know, what, what happens at the summit is relationships and alliances are formed as well. And, and each year the summit changes and it will continue to change. It's, it, it's why it does have impact is because we, we think about it and, and how we make it, um, and we're, we're constantly thinking about it. Well, one of the, if there's anything silver lining coming out of the pandemic is that um, your summits are now virtual, so more and more people can be part of that, and they are extremely informative and moving um, and so interesting. Um, so I, I think that, that just by nature of where we are in the world right now, having the opportunity to have more access to those summits is a really great thing. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, the idea of, you know, virtual versus live perform, you know, performance or event, you know, certainly for, for Broadway has been a topic of conversation. And um, this year, as we approach the date of the live summit, I, you know, I kept hoping against hope that we were going to be able to have it. And, and, you know, I was thinking back to those moments, um, like the Miranda family up on stage, like John Legend and Valerie Jarrett up on stage, like, you know, um, Sarah Jones, I, were you, I don't know if you were there mm-hmm. for, for that panel where she went into character mm-hmm. um, and, you know, or Judith Light interviewing Elizabeth Taylor's grandchildren on a family legacy of philanthropy. I mean, those live moments are etched in my brain. And so when we switched to virtual, I, you know, I didn't know how it would go. Um, and it was extraordinary because the message was amplified. And I was talking to a, a theater company this morning and talking about sort of after live theater is back, you know, what do we learn from these moments? And, you know, that that thrill of a live performance, I mean, is is everything. But the opportunities that we have realized in this virtual experience um, offer offer something too. And I think we used to feel like it was either live or virtual, and they were almost like enemies. And now we realize how powerful they can be as allies. Well put, well put. 
So what causes are most near and dear to your heart? And I'm asking also in sort of the general sense, but also in the theater sense, are there certain causes that you support or, or certain, um, it doesn't even have to be a specific organization if you don't sure. want to name that, but, you know, sort of what direction would you go in? I know that for, for me, you know, arts education and making sure the arts are available to underserved and at-risk kids is really important. So I just wonder sort of what, what direction um, and, and where your heart is on that. Well, absolutely. I know, again, sort of being exposed to theater as a sort of, you know, throughout my life really um, made, you know, it, it changed my life. I mean, it, it absolutely did. So, so arts education and, and theater companies that, that provide um, theater for a wide audience, um, the public theater is something that's that's close to my heart and, and their programming certainly addresses that. And then um, the Actors Fund and, and Broadway Cares are both organizations that I have tried to um, give back in, in every way I could, you know, whether it's through um, donating whatever I could, through, um, you know, giving them attention and exposure, you know, on my own social media or online. Um, and then for me, supporting the community, um, both both personally through being there for friends and also um, through reminding everyone that New York is not New York without this community. And, and I think that um, that is something that needs to be said over and over and over again. Absolutely. And I'm sitting here in Los Angeles right now um, in my pandemic hideaway, but um, <laughs> I um, I feel, you know, I've been bi-coastal for, for many years, but, yeah. um, you know, I, New York is absolutely, you know, needs the theater in so many ways, but theater is more than just New York. And, yes. and that's something I always think about, especially as I'm looking out the window at palm trees, but I grew up here in LA uh-huh. going, to, going to theater. And yeah. my story is very similar in some ways is that you know, I started going very early on. My mom took me to all kinds of cultural, um, you know, events and, and theater was definitely one of them. And it just made me a more well-rounded person. Um, and it's part of, it's, it's in the DNA. Yeah. And I think that that's true for, you know, wherever you live, not just right. New York. You know, you spoke about your mom taking you to theater and, and other events. And I spoke about my uncle and my teachers. And I think it's important to to remember what an impact those experiences have on somebody. And so another way of giving back is, is sharing our love for the theater with, with people in our lives that maybe, you know, are, are not converts yet or, or, you know, young people in our lives that, um, that we think would, would enjoy it. Um, I, I think sharing is, is integral uh, to to giving well, and I think that um, bringing people into this community is is a wonderful way of making sure that this this community goes on and is is vital always. I love that you said that. That was beautiful. <laughs> Um, thank you so much, Stelene, for being part of this podcast and and sharing your views. And I, I, you know, I wanted to talk to you for multiple reasons. One is 
Um, you know, as I'm thinking about this podcast, you know, you are a, such a big Broadway fan, and I wanted to have a fan as part of. But you also do so much on the platforms that you have, um, whether it be your own personal platform or your professional platform through Town and Country. So I just felt like it was the perfect, um, the perfect person to have on the podcast. So I really appreciate you being Absolutely. here. Absolutely. Well, I am a fan of yours, and I'm sure of many people listening. Um, and and thank you to the the theater community. It 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 really is a very very special group. So I I thank them for all that they do. Thanks for listening to this episode of Broadway Gives Back. Broadway Gives Back is part of the Broadway Podcast Network, produced by Dory Berenstein and Alan Seals, with Brittany Bigelow, and music by Eric Becker at Broderick Street Music. Special thanks to my producing partner, writer, and friend, Jim Lochner, and to Katie and Yo at BPM, Julian Hills from the Bulldog Agency, the Charity Network, and to my fiancé, Glenn Weiss, who is always my consultant. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you stream your podcasts. You can also follow Broadway Gives Back on Facebook and Instagram at Broadway Gives Back Podcast and on Twitter at Broadway Gives. To learn more, visit bpn.fm slash Broadway Gives Back. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.